This is the Rolling With Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay, and this is episode 15. And my guest today is Simone. Simone is an educator by day and a runner, cyclist, triathlete, weightlifter, and all-around athlete by night. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to answer your questions. Uh, Yeah, thanks again. Um, I just want to let you know... um, we met, I met Simone uh, via Black Girls Do Bike, the NYC chapter. Shout out to the ladies. And we're also Facebook friends. And I get really inspired when I see your pictures. Like you post pictures after your runs, after your bike rides, after the gym. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I need to be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm doing too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I like it and it's inspiring. So I'm sure you're inspiring um, people that you never even thought. So Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate it. And it, you know, definitely gives me the motivation to like, all right, Tay, even if I don't feel like it, I'm like, nah, I got to go out there. (laughs) Exactly. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. But. Before we get into the nitty gritty, right, I have three questions to ask you to see if you know off the top of your head, right? Okay. All right. How many marathons have you run? I have run six marathons. Six marathons. Nice. How many centuries have you completed? I have completed three centuries. Nice. And how many uh, triathlons have you participated in? A total of three. Oh, nice. Two sprints and one Olympic. Okay, okay. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kudos yeah. on all that. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Okay. Were you always into fitness and being active? or, And if you weren't, what changed to get you into that mode? Uh, actually, I was not at all into fitness um, when I was younger. I was actually more of a dancer. That's always been my first passion. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I took classes all throughout um, when I was young and throughout my young adulthood. I took dance classes all the way through college, actually. Um, and then at a certain point in my late teenage years, I really wanted to focus on losing weight because I, I had a problem with my weight from the time I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I really want to focus on um, losing weight. So at a certain point, uh, for example, in high school, I did one year of soccer. uh, And then that was the only year of athletics I did. And then I didn't really start running until actually after college. But it was really kind of, um, you know, in terms of fitness outside of dance. um, I did things like Pilates, yoga. Mm -hmm and these other types of things uh, to kind of like help with my weight loss. All right. All right. Cool. So you, you chose running. Mm-hmm. Why'd you choose running over any other activity? Well, I chose running because I, I figured it was a sport that I could do year round. And mm-hmm. it has turned out to be exactly that. I've run in so many different types of conditions uh, I run when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's snow on the ground. I had pictures of me where I was running in a snowstorm and I have no idea why I was out there. <laughs> um, 
but it's it's a sport you can you you can literally do year round. Um, running is the sport that I found out of many, and when I tell you, I've done Tybo back in the you know in the nineties. I've done Insanity when it was at the height. I've done so many different types of hip programs. I've done um, exercise classes, etc. And running by far has been the activity, as long as I'm consistent, um, that has helped me stay fit. Mm-hmm. And um, that is why I just chose to do it. Um, one, because I can do it, uh, you know, it's not just a seasonal activity, but it's also something um, that has really helped my body stay fit. Um, and then, um, of course, I've added triathlons um, as, a, as, a, as a new challenge, but I still like running is definitely my first love. That's what's up. I um mm-hmm. never got into running, <laughs> mm-hmm. and everybody, like like when I walk in walk throughout the streets, they're like, "Oh, like you know, do you run?" Mm-hmm. I guess I have the body of a runner, but yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was never. I never considered myself a runner either. But I'm telling you, until my first marathon, this it was like really when I started. Like no. When I decided to do my first race in 2011 was when I first uh, started saying, okay, well, maybe I'm a runner Mm -hmm. now, but I'm a runner because I'm out here, I'm doing these miles and I'm consistently out here um, running. So I'm a runner. And I'm telling you, starting at, you know, 12, 13, 14 minute pace when I was at my highest weight, um, I still consider myself a runner. Took a long time for me to feel like I was making progress, but you know, eventually, especially as the weight came off, it just got easier and easier. But I promise you, as long as you're consistent, like, you know, it gets easier and um, it uh, feels less like a, it feels less like a chore, but Mm -hmm. you know, it just takes time. Mm -hmm. What, what would you say was your, your biggest challenge to, I wouldn't say learning how to run, but now you are doing something that you, you're, mm-hmm. you weren't normally doing. So, and you had to stay consistent. Um, I guess you had to eat certain foods. Like what was your biggest challenge in like transforming into the runner? Well, I think uh, the biggest challenge for me was the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to change that first before anything else. Um, I had to like change my approach. Um, first of all, when I first got into running, it's just a whole, it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to figure out what works best for me. Um, I would say that before I got to the physical, I definitely had to change my mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to work on other basic things like running form, Um, I had to figure out, okay, you know, getting on a plan, um, learning that at the beginning, especially no matter what speed you're at, you just have to be consistent in getting out there. Mm -hmm. Also having a support group, um, that was like something that was very crucial to me at the beginning. Um, but the, the hardest thing for me at the beginning was definitely the mindset and just being overweight and feeling like I did not look like all those, all the other runners that I saw. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just really frustrating to me because I was slow and just getting past that mindset of you're a runner no matter what, what pace you run. 
Um, but what matters is that you're out there, you're consistent, and then, you know, and then going from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindset um, is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And staying consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did the marathon last year, Spellbound, mm-hmm. uh, definitely was not physically prepared for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't. But it was my mind that <laughs> that got me through that. See, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like that determination to like finish it. That's what that's what matters most. And you think, oh, I I'm here on this road. I'm not going to DNF. I've got to get home. <laughs> I've got to get home. So I'm just going to stay on the bike until I get home. And I think also just having those uh, stops where you know you could you can take a break. Uh, mm-hmm. That was truly helpful. And I just I feel like they, they were very strategic. And I'm so glad that they happened. You know roughly every 25 miles because that was just perfect um but yeah having having those rest stops and just the mindset to just say okay i'm out here i need i need to get home so i gotta finish (laughs) yeah definitely and uh i want to thank you because there was a point that i think we were like at mile 93 or something we were riding Mm -hmm. together and we're like all right we gotta we gotta finish this (laughs) it was so hot Yes, and we were yep. both tired. When mm-hmm. you were like, "Yo, you got this," I was like, "Thank you." And then you like left me. <laughs> but I saw you at the finish, so, so yes, no, we were. I remember that. I remember that. I definitely remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely mindset. Um, yes. Uh, what is your favorite marathon you've run in? Wow. Um. I would definitely have to say New York and I'm not saying that because this is where I live (laughs) saying also in terms of the vibe, in terms of the people, it's just truly like a a citywide street party. I mean, from borough to borough, start to finish. Once you cross the Verrazano, it's just like nonstop. Mm. Um, It draws people from all over the world. It is one of the uh, avid world marathon majors. So it is, you know, one of the six races uh, that you can use to earn your, uh, earn your, um, your stars for the um, world majors. But also the fact that it's just, it's just a great experience um, start to finish. Uh, Streets are lined with people. Uh, I just, every year, there's just always whether I'm running it or not. I know people that are running it. I'm out there supporting people. If I'm running it, I know people tell me, Hey, I'm gonna be at this mile. Look for me. Blah blah blah. People find me. It's just, it's just a great experience. And then, you know, being in other cities, I guess because I like Chicago. I've run Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago was okay because I had family there, but it just didn't have the same vibe. Only maybe because I just didn't know as many people uh, there. Mm-hmm. And um, but but the vibe was fine. It was great. But it's just something about New York with the energy with the the, the, the music, like when you run through Harlem, when mm-hmm. you go to the Bronx and you hear the salsa music, you go through, through Harlem and you hear all that soul music. It's just, it's just great. I just love it. And then I've run, you know, in Tokyo, I've run in uh, Berlin. Um, and it's just nothing like New York, honestly. Philly wasn't that bad. Philly was my first one and uh, Philly wasn't that bad, but it was still just did not have the same ambiance. Mm-hmm. You know, Big Apple. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Yeah. So you mentioned the world majors. What is that? 
so basically there's this organization called the Avid um, World Marathon Majors. And basically it's a challenge where you have to complete these six World Marathon Majors in order to get a, uh, this medal that has like six stars. So for each marathon you complete in the of the six, you get a star. So the six marathons are New York, Chicago, Boston, London, Tokyo, and Berlin. Those are the six. And I'm happy to say that I had, after Berlin, I completed my fifth star. So I have one more left, and that will be London. Whoa, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I hope to finish that next year in 2023. Wow, that's dope. Okay, so what does training look like for a marathon? Well, uh, first things first, you got to have a plan. And whether you're under a coach or whether you can go get any old free plan, I recommend Hal Higdon um, for the experienced people who have a little bit more of a base. uh, Hanson Marathon Method is very good. Um, But I like to start with a plan. Um, And then uh, your base are your your base during marathon training should be 40 to 45 miles a week um if you're doing something like boston you probably need closer to 50 miles a week of running uh i also strength train that's something that has completely changed my um changed my training um once i started doing it in 2019 that was probably my fittest year and i was Mm. going to the gym three to four times a week and i was spending up to three to four hours at the gym I don't even know to this day how I even had time to do that. <laughs> don't even ask. I don't even know my work. My, I'm a teacher. So I'm like, I don't even know how I had time to like, you know, grade and do all this stuff that I need to do for my job. And I was spending much, that much time in the gym. But I will say that, you know, during that time, um, that was like my fittest year. And, and I know everything had to do with the fact that I was spending a lot of time in the gym and I was lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. If I showed you videos of what I was able to do um, at that time, I just don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know <laughs> how I was able to do all that. But I will say that it was, it was, it was an amazing time um, for me in terms of um, that year I PR'd almost every race. That year I, I felt so strong. That was like literally the strongest year I can I can remember to, to this day. And then of course the pandemic happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, since then I've kind of uh kind of scaled back um only because I did go through, you know, the pandemic and and more importantly, a lot of overtraining. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I I strongly advise people to be aware of. You can overtrain. And meaning that, you know, le- more less is more. And more is not necessarily um, going to be beneficial mm-hmm. in, in training. And so when you get on a plan and you do strength training, just be reasonable about it. Have everything be balanced. Make sure you get the get all your major things in. That includes recovery. That includes running. That includes strength training. Um, there's just like in sleep. Like you have to, everything has to balance. And I don't think in 2019 that I was uh, balancing everything enough. And so that kind of made me burn out and crash throughout mm. 2020. I also developed uh, asthma, which also kind of changed my training too, mm. which also pushed me towards cycling because wh- while I was rebuilding, um, that was pretty much the only activity I could do that would not um, trigger my asthma. 
So I just feel like it has taken me all this time to work through overtraining. And I'm I'm telling you two years. It's taken two years to work through uh, the overtraining that I experienced plus pandemic stuff. And, um, and now I feel like I'm getting back to where I was and I, and I'm feeling really good, but just, uh, you know, making sure that you balance, like I said, the running, um, recovery, and that includes everything, massage, foam rolling, all these things that we do, uh, for recovery, stretching, all of that sleep. Uh, also, of course, the nutrition, um, that is really what I think makes a good program. And it's a part-time job. I tell people that all the time. Being a good runner is a part-time job because there's so much that goes into it. And, um, you know, when things are out of whack and when things are not balanced, then your your performance will suffer. Um, and then the last thing I was going to mention, um, I used to train with a coach, but, you know, there are plenty of good plans out there. And so I... Last um, last cycle, I did run the Boston Marathon using a plan that I modified mm-hmm. um, that I that I found. Well, I used Hal Higdon and then I just modified it. But um, it can be done um, whether you're with a coach or not. But definitely having that guidance is uh, also helpful, like for more inexperienced marathoners. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned earlier to the support, uh, you run with a group right yes so i started out with black girls um black girl run so bgr um when i first moved to the city in 2017 and then i kind of moved past that uh and went to private coaching because i found that you know with black girls run it was a great group for um you know and i did meet some some marathoners in that group and actually it was through them that i did my first one but then i wanted to push myself and so then that's when I decided to get a coach. I went through some private coaching. And then um, at that point, I was kind of doing everything on my own. Mm-hmm. So then I decided I wanted to move back to group training. So um, I did run with a group called the New York Flyers. And then I moved on to another group, um, Coach Medina NYC. And I trained with them for like two years. And that was when I told you I got the burnout. And mm-hmm. I just decided to kind of uh, shift away from that. Right now, I'm not affiliated with uh, with any with any group per se. I'm kind of keeping my eyes open for you know a group uh, that I can possibly join um, when I'm ready. But for now, I'm kind of good where I'm at and running with you know former teammates and things like that. Okay, cool. So, would you suggest that for someone um, starting out? Like, I know a lot of people that run by themselves, but is the importance of running with a group and that support uh, absolutely beneficial? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, if you're doing your first marathon, 200% because it's going to keep you accountable. I think accountability is something that I should, I should have mentioned earlier, but definitely accountability is important. Uh, when you're running with people and you have to show up for people, it always makes things a lot easier. Like uh, even for myself now, I have certain days a week where I run with people and I'm like, okay, on this day, this time, I'm going to be meeting up with these people to run. And so I I don't miss because mm-hmm. I know people are counting on me and that they're going to be waiting for me. Uh, and so that has always been helpful. It kept me on track. Um, and for somebody who's doing a first marathon, especially for that moral support, I do think that, you know, it's always helpful to run with a group. 
Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's like that with the, you know, the group rides. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 200%. 200%. Mm. Cuz like doing long rides by yourself even if it's like two or three people, it's like no, you want that ambiance of having those other people. And then especially if they're stronger riders because then they can kind of pull you along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So last September, you ran in the BMW Berlin mm-hmm. Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know that you, I think you told me that there were inline skaters that yes. skate the route yeah. before. I, I had no idea. And I looked it up. I was like, what the heck is this? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was that experience for you? You know, I always say that international races can be tricky. Mm. And I say they can be tricky because it really, um, you in America, you can expect certain things. Mm-hmm. You, when you go to a race, you expect Gatorade on the course. You expect water on the course. You expect it every one to one and a half miles. Um, you expect certain, certain things. Um even with medical tents, like you expect to see those. When you go to international races, you really have to read the fine details to know what to expect when you get there. Because otherwise you get there and you're just like, what is going on? So for example, in in Berlin, I knew beforehand from people who had done it um, as far as the electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So Morton's is a um, electrolyte product that they use. Well, the only problem with Morton's is that they have a uh, electrolyte version and then they have a non-electrolyte version of the of the powder that they use and on the course for whatever reason <laughs> they use the non-electrolyte <laughs> which I was just like and then on top of that whatever they had in those cups I mean the, the, the Martins that they had in the cups plus they just had plain water it just did not help me mm. and so I'm just going to be honest like I had a tr- I had a really tough time in mm-hmm. Berlin because it was hot that day and I needed electrolytes. Yeah. And had I known, like I had uh, sports gels and that was not the, for some reason that particular day, it was really tough for me in terms of electrolytes. And I felt depleted by mile eight, I was completely mm. depleted. And so um, I was, I really struggled. I had uh, an American lady who I saw at the beginning that I saw her at around mile eight and she was the one to help me finish that race because I was, I was really struggling, but it was really more the electrolytes and just not being prepared for those conditions. Um, but otherwise I did enjoy being in Berlin. That was a new, uh, Germany was a new country for me mm-hmm. and um, experiencing a new culture. That's always fun. Yeah. But I say for anybody doing an international race, just know, just re- know what you're up against, know what the conditions are, no, like know what the amenities will be for the for the participants. Um, no matter if it's a race or a cycling ride, like just know what you're up against because you got to be prepared. Um, because if you get there and you can't get what you need because you're not in the country and you know where you know where to go, going to a running store, etc., and you know what to get, mm-hmm. then it could be a problem. So you need to come prepared. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was something I knew. But even Tokyo, for example, I ran Tokyo. It was the same thing. Mm. I read the the participants' guide from start to finish, from cover to cover. I read every single word, and I was ready on race day. I was ready. That was actually uh, I had a better time there 
mm-hmm. uh, than I did in Berlin. But I think also that was uh, the the temperature was cooler. Okay. So it was held in March. It was held in March at the beginning of March in uh, 2019. So the conditions were completely different, and it was much better. It's much cooler. I, there was some rain, which I was okay with because I brought a jacket. Mm-hmm. I was I was, I was prepared. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was just it was just a much better um, race for me. But I was also prepared, and also on the course, I already heard uh, that they were going to use this electrolyte called Picori Sweat, mm. and in advance, I actually, uh, you know, tried out the, the electrolytes. So I knew how it was going to react in my body. Gotcha. So it was just, you know, um, yeah, just being prepared is, is everything for these races. Mm, really good, good advice. Yeah. <clears throat> what still excites you about running? What gets you up in the morning and say, all right, I'm going to run? I got to well, run. Well, I think also just wanting to stay in good general fitness. I mean, mm-hmm. no one likes when you step away from running for a while and then you get started again and you're just like, why did I <laughs> do this? Why did I take it? Why did I take a break? Because it's like you're starting all over again because you mm-hmm. have to build up your endurance. Um, but really, it's like the general fitness. Um, I love that um, it's kind of like therapy for me mm-hmm. and I can disconnect from my day. Usually when I run, it's like after work. So it's kind of like a good time for me to disconnect and shift my mind to something that's more positive. Um, I like when I finish running, I feel strong. I feel powerful. I feel like I can do anything. And of course, it's those endorphins. We like, <laughs> you know, you know, allowing me to feel those feelings. But uh, it's true. Um, when you finish and you you feel like you've had a good workout, there's nothing better. And then um, I like feeling like I've, I've accomplished something. Yeah. Um, also, to me, running is self-care. Um, mm-hmm. We don't do enough of that as Americans. Um, I think Europeans, they have it figured out in terms of self-care and what what is going to help them, you know, weather life. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, you, t- you go to any of these European countries uh, at a certain time of day after work, five o'clock rolls around, people are leaving offices, they're, you know, putting on their walking shoes, they're out, out in the neighborhood doing walks, running, biking, doing all these things. And, and here we are in America, and people are just kind of, you know, going home and just plopping down in front of a TV. Like, no, <laughs> um, it's completely different than what you would see in some of these other countries. And having lived in France for a while, uh, that was something that really uh, struck me in terms of the difference between the American lifestyle and the and the European lifestyle. Um, so for me, just that self-care. Uh, also, I love, you know, searching for PRs and, and going for the challenges that are going to make you feel like, yeah, I really did that and I accomplished that. And um, I've done a lot, like, you know, subduing, you know, my, my, my half marathons, like, Yes, when I can do that, I'm like, yes, this this makes me feel like I'm I'm making progress in, in what I'm doing uh is taking me somewhere. Because yeah, like I can train, I but I want to also perform. So mm-hmm. um that's something that um keeps me going too because it gives me something to reach for. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit. <clears throat> and you mentioned earlier about the getting into triathlons because mm-hmm. of a new challenge. So now that you're doing triathlons, how do 
how is training for that <laughs> incorporated with your running? Because I know it is running, cycling, and swimming. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I what can I say? I, I would have to say that it, it has been a challenge. But at the same time, I feel like as a teacher, I have a schedule that allows me to once a year, you know, change myself into a seasonal triathlete. I call myself mm. a seasonal triathlete because it's not something that I do year round. Um, but during the summers, when I have more time, I can bike more, I can swim more, and I can just fit in these workouts to get me ready and prep for a different event. It just works. It has worked out very well for me. So, uh I don't, I don't quite recommend the crash course that I did for my first triathlon, which I prepared for in like eight weeks, I think, or six weeks. Um, but at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like I just, you know, I just did it and I was off. So I was able to, I was able to do it. But then, you know, with all the other tries that I've done, I've actually, you know, definitely um, kind of fitted in with uh, running. I have to run less. And that, that's something that I just, I, I have to get used to and that I have to accept that when I'm doing try, try training, I have to run less. Mm. Uh, triathletes normally don't run more than three times a week. Mm. Um, I'm running probably four days a week, but I'm, my runs are a little bit shorter than what I'm used to for marathon training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I get a lot of cross training with the bike. Um, and I'm also doing brick workouts where I have to bike and run in the same workout, like, it's just, it's, it's a lot to manage. So I just have to um, make sure that, uh, again, that I'm not overtraining, that I'm not overdoing it. Um, and then swimming, I do once or twice a week uh, as of now. And I'm going to try to definitely get it more than two times a week. Um, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. Like I've gone to the beach a couple of times already uh, to do open water swim. And it's been great. It's been really, it's been really great. So, um, yeah, it's just, again, it's kind of like reorganizing uh, mm-hmm. my training schedule. Uh, some days I have to do two workouts a day. Like yesterday, I did two workouts. I did a brick workout in the morning, and then in the evening, I had strengthening. I have people that I meet at the gym. <laughs> I went to the gym, and I had my normal, you know, mileage that I do after my gym workout. But yesterday, I said, you know what? I'm tired, but... I will go ahead and get this, you know, uh, gym workout done. And um, and then I, I shortened, I, I did a little bit less than I normally do for my run because I had already run in the morning. So I didn't have to do as much afterwards. So it's just a constant constant juggling act. But, um, you know, I just have to manage it and also listen to my body and make sure mm-hmm. that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely important. Definitely getting the right amount of rest and, you know. Yes, yes. Yes. Listen to your body and the recovery too, you know, just like taking it slow and getting back into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Recovery is important, you know, sleeping, stretching, I, something I really need to start doing once I get my body back into the rhythm. Cause like I'm right now, I'm just like, I'm tired all the time. Mm-hmm. However, just like doing yoga. I, 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 I love yoga. Um, been doing it off and on for many years and, uh, but I, I just, I feel like, you know, with uh, track training, it's it's a constant fight against fatigue. Mm. And, um, but yeah, definitely things like yoga, uh, foam rolling, um, stretching, lots of stretching. I just need to, I just need to do it. It just has to be done. And then 
uh, strengthening. I can't even, I can't tell you enough. I mean, I feel like the only reason why I'm able to do what I do is because I strengthen and I've been pretty consistent with that. So I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to get uh, into stretching more as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially after those long bike rides. Yes. And and we think as a cyclist, I can just jump off the bike and just go do whatever. No. <laughs> Especially if it's a long bike ride. Yeah. yeah. You need stretching just like anybody else. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before and afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 200%. Yeah. Do you have any... Well, I already know your, your marathon goal. Uh-huh. Um, but do you have any cycling goals, uh, triathlon goals that you want to accomplish in the near future? Yeah, so I definitely want to finish my uh, my six stars. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the World Marathon majors, and then I would love to, you know, have a a cycling adventure and maybe go someplace exotic or interesting, um, like out of the country to mm-hmm. do a ride. Um, and then I want to uh, possibly complete uh, a full Ironman, mm. and I'm not sure when this will happen. But this year, I'm just you know trying out the the half Ironman to see how see how it goes, and then go from there. It's like these things. There's some people who can just like throw themselves into that and just be like I'm gung ho going to do this. But uh, it has been a gradual thing for me, and actually, I I really I really like the way I progressed um, because I did it the right way. I feel like I started with the sprint, then mm-hmm. I did the Olympic, and now I'm doing a half Ironman, and then naturally you do a full after that. But for me, um, the commitment to training for a full Ironman, I'm just not sure that I have. I will have that time. And it would actually probably take me multiple months uh, to get myself up to that level. And I'm just like, eh, the, 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 the commitment. <laughs> to the, it's like, I'm a teacher. And it's like, okay, I need something that I can do within the, you know, the two or three months that I have, you know, during summer. So we'll see. Well, I know mm-hmm. you'll accomplish all yeah. your goals yes. <laughs> that you set forth. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You got it. You got it. <clears throat> yes. Uh, is there any last words, any words of advice or encouragement, especially for women who want to, you know, start running and running marathons, uh, start cycling, start mm-hmm. uh, the triathlons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say find your why and go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very important to have a reason why you're doing these things, whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it is a I want to challenge myself goal, but just know why you're out there because when you're doing things and you don't have a reason why, it's just like then you're out there just doing something and then you look up one day and you're just like, why am I doing this? This doesn't, you know. But if you if you have a why, then it's going to really set the set the set the bar. And then you can reach for it. You have something to reach for. Uh, also, you, you need to have a goal, you know. Uh, for me, my first race was a half marathon. Um, that was the longest distance that I'd ever done. Um, and that was my first race. So I had a goal to reach, you know, 13.1 miles. And at that time, I, just, I didn't even think I could do it because mm-hmm. I, I was very overweight. And, um, yeah, but I took the time took you know had exactly enough time that I needed to train and it, it worked out well but having that goal there was really something that helped um help me give me something to reach for um also I would say uh 
if you decide to do something like a try or a race, any kind of race, just get on a plan. Give some structure to your training. And uh, don't just, you know, let weeks go by, days go by. Okay, I'm just going to do this on this day and this on that day. No. Like when you become more experienced, yeah, you can take a plan and you can modify it, you know, based on what you need. But, you know, if you're uh, a new person starting something out, definitely get a plan uh, so you can structure yourself and, like, you know, be able to um, keep uh, keep track of your progress. And then um, I will also say going back to the whole idea of support, just uh, mm-hmm. finding like-minded people who can support you. Because your support might not necessarily come from your family. I mm-hmm. have plenty of people that I know whose significant others or spouses um, don't share the same passion. Mm-hmm. And so they're over here doing a try and then, you know, the significant other might be doing tennis or something. Yeah. So they need to have, you need to have your own support network of people that you can go to, that you can train with, um, that will, you know, help you stay focused on your goal. Um, which I think, um, really makes a huge difference when you have that support. And that's yeah. it. You know, have a goal, get a plan, and execute the plan. That's it. Right. Stay consistent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, you are quite welcome. You know, you dropped some gems in this episode. Oh, uh, <laughs> you did. Oh, thank um, you. Again, I appreciate you from you know uh, want to be a guest on my podcast. Yes. It's been a pleasure. Um, I really, um, it's important for women of color to support and shout out other women of color because we just don't see it enough. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't see us giving other people that look like us uh, the support and kudos. So Mm -hmm. thank you for having me. Um, And hopefully this will reach some people who might be sitting on the couch saying, okay, uh, you know, I had this goal over here that's been sitting on the back burner for a long time. Maybe it's time for me to start acting on it. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, this is the Rolling With Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay. And thanks for listening. Thank you for having me. One more Rolling With Tay podcast. Well, follow on Instagram and Twitter at Rolling With Tay. Visit the blog rollingwithtay.wordpress.com for more content and be sure to sign up for the monthly newsletter. And lastly, subscribe to the YouTube channel Rolling With Tay.